Well, hello to Northlands and friends. Uh, welcome to the service online. We trust that you're happy and well and safe. And uh, just like us, no doubt, you've had to make some significant adjustments to your schedule. And uh, perhaps you're feeling just a little bit sad about some of the events that you've had to postpone, just like we are. Perhaps you're even feeling a little apprehensive about not knowing what the next few weeks hold. But let me promise you this. We're going to discover and rediscover Jesus' immense kindness and his great faithfulness to us during this season. We're also going to discover the kindness and creativity of a lot of our friends and neighbors. We can make a significant contribution over the next few weeks by our responses in prayer and our declarations of peace, by deliberate acts of kindness and consideration. We can reach out to one another and share the love of Jesus on the telephone and through thought out emails and virtual prayer meetings. And while we're grateful for the proactive and careful decisions aimed at protecting our community and lessening the impact of this coronavirus, we the church must also additionally do what we can and what we can only do as the church, and that is to pray. So during this week, from the hours of 12 to 2 p.m., uh, we're going to open up the sanctuary and make it available to anybody who'd like to come and pray. We're going to put some worship music on in the background. And anybody who wants to come and worship or find peace or join together in prayer is welcome to come and join us. But we're asking you to please respect social distancing and to offer no handshakes or hugs. Uh, because uh, although you may be free to do that, we're just wanting to be considerate to everybody who's coming. So uh, let me just... Uh, hope that you can be instructive with what we're calling the Northlands nod. Be creative with it. Uh, maybe you can offer words of encouragement while you nod at somebody. We'll all just take that as the message of love that it's intended to be. We're going to add details of a virtual prayer meeting that's coming up. That's going to be in this Wednesday's newsletter. Please be watching for that. Our congregational pastors and their teams will be in contact with you just to make sure that you're doing well and that uh, we're going to be working on some creative ideas together for these Sunday services. If you have a need or a concern, please contact your pastor or otherwise contact the church office at admin at northlandschurch.com. Now today, along with the sermon notes, uh, you can find a podcast that we made uh, with some scriptures on healing. It's about 15 minutes. I, I read just some scriptures on healing, and I did it fundamentally a few years ago for myself. And what it's done is it stirred up my faith for health and healing, and I'm hoping that the meditation will do the same for you, perhaps while you're driving to work or you're going about your business. You can put it on your phone or in your car, and I'm pretty sure the Word of God will just minister to you. You see, we realize that there is an assignment of fear behind these events, and while there is a legitimate concern for the elderly among us and the medically vulnerable, and there are appropriate steps that we should take to minimize the possibility of transmission, as believers, we also refuse to bow down to fear and anxiety. A pandemic virus has come to our shores, and that is the arrow that we're facing. But the flames on that arrow uh, is that it wants to stoke among us fear and an irrational anxiety. And the Bible says that the flaming arrow of the evil one is always extinguished by the shield of faith. So our response at this time is going to be twofold. A constant and careful consideration of others and a relentless refusal to fear. Let me say that again. I'm encouraging you to set your heart for these two things. A constant and careful consideration of others and a relentless refusal to fear. 
Let me remind you of a scripture that we looked at just in our recent series. Philippians 4 verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, along with staying informed and the best information in the news, let me also suggest that you fill your heart with God's word and some great worship music. I recommend to you a song that just came out. It's by Carrie Joby. It's called The Blessing. It is kryptonite for the coronavirus, I believe, and for the fear that the enemy wants to put behind it. And I would like to suggest you go to YouTube and just look up The Blessing by Carrie Joby and any Maverick City music. There'll be a source of help for your soul. We are praying for all of you eagerly and awaiting the time that we can be together in person again. Remember, uh, please look and join us on uh, Wednesday at the uh, newsletter that we're going to push out. And then also join us next Sunday at 12. We have taken some precautions. For those of you who are saying, I'd like to come to the prayer meeting, but is it safe at the church? We've, we've gone into specific cleaning regimens. We've made a specific effort to clean and re-clean and disinfect the church. We've uh, gone through all the surfaces. We've cleaned all the doors and handles. And the staff is going to be diligent to, to keeping their hands clean and keeping some space. Uh, we believe that coming here and just spending some time in prayer would be a, a necessary uh, balm for your soul and an incredibly great help to our community. We look forward to seeing you here during the week. Right now, however, I'm going to invite you to join us together as we watch a testimony from Eri, uh, and uh, let's just hear how healing is breaking out all around. Hi, I'm Erin Morcel, and I'd like to share a testimony with you about um, a healing that I got to be a part of. We have a um, contract worker in my office who does social media for us, and I happened to walk by the office of another coworker, and he mentioned that he was experiencing ringing in his ear, and it had been going on for a while, and I'm part of Northland, so it was just completely natural to ask him if he would like me to pray for him. And so he said, sure, and so I prayed for him, and I went back to my desk and figured that was it. And then later, I guess it was the following week, he caught me in the kitchen. He said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that the ringing in my ear is gone. I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Praise God. And I've had other opportunities to do that at work and other places. Um, and so I think what I'd like to share is just we can be a part of what God's doing anywhere, um, have the privilege of getting to be on the ministry team. And so we get to do this every week, but um, it's not limited to that we get to go out. And so the encouragement of A, seeing God do a healing work, but also that it's just, it's part of who we are as followers of Jesus. And it's as powerful out there as it is in here. And so if you need healing for yourself, please come up after the service and let us pray with you. But if you're also looking for a boldness to go out, just do it. He'll meet you. And it's just an amazing, amazing encouragement to get to do that. I love that testimony from Eri because it speaks to the nature of us going out into our community and ministering. Now, I understand at this time people are nervous and don't want to be near one another. And so I'm not suggesting you run up and lay hands on people. But I think that there are going to be opportunities for the church to be light and salt in this time. 
And people who are without God and without hope in the world are going to have this need because where do they find hope? And I think uh, if you would just be mindful, uh, you don't have to touch people, but you can stand a distance away and say, I'd love to pray for you. And I think, I think the Lord's going to give us opportunities just like he did to Airy. And I think that at the same time, the gospel is going to go out. The healing of Jesus is going to touch people. Um, because there are many other things that are going on apart from this coronavirus. There are many other needs. And so I just wanted to encourage you to be mindful. When you go out, if you are in the store, if you are in the streets, let's just minister to people from a distance and let's see what the power of God can do. Right now, I wonder if you would join us. We want to pray uh, for our nation. We want to pray for our city. We want to pray for our congregation. And so I'm going to start praying for our nation. Tom is going to pray for our city. And Tyler is going to pray for the members of our congregation. But won't you join us in prayer as we just bring these issues to the Father. Father, today we join together to pray for the critical infrastructure nationally, for the leaders and decision makers in the federal government. We ask for great wisdom for them, Lord. We ask for clarity about what to do. We ask, Lord, for easy and bipartisan collaboration with state, local, tribal, and territorial, as well as public health partners, Father. We also pray, Lord, for other national critical infrastructure players like law enforcement all over the country, like emergency medical services, like healthcare providers and hospitals and parts of the transportation industry. We lift them up to you, Father. Would you protect them and keep them? And those who serve on the front lines, Lord, would you, would you walk with them and give them peace? We ask, Lord, you'd help our healthcare professionals, especially with case identification and contact tracing and clinical management and public communications. And would you give wisdom, Lord, and to the collaboration partners to speed up the test for the pathogen and roll out of the testing capacity all across the country? Give wisdom, Lord, and inspiring leadership to all your church leaders across the nation so that the assignment of fear can be obliterated and your church can arise in consideration and compassion for other people. Father, you are the God who in all things works together for the good of those who love you and have been called according to your purpose. So, Father, in this time, we pray that you'd work for the good of the name of Jesus and the power of your gospel. Cause your people, Lord, across this nation to shine and in this season to be the light to the world that you declared that we are. Shine through us, Lord, to those who have no hope. Love through us, Lord, to those who are alone. Bring peace through us, Lord, to those who have none. We've seen you move, Father, among us in power. We've just heard from Eri, Lord, of your willingness to heal people. Do it again, Lord. Do it among us and do it, Lord, through us often. We pray, Lord, especially for the elderly in our nation and the medically most vulnerable to this disease. Bless them and keep them, Father, and turn your attention to them. For you, Lord, have promised you'll never leave us and you'd never forsake us. And just as the psalmist said, Lord, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging bread. So we thank you, Father, for your kindness. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for this nation and the way it pulls together in, in times of crisis. For your people, Lord, who shine like the stars for your unfailing faithfulness and your love, Lord, which are immense beyond measure. We give you honor and praise, and we lift up our nation in Jesus' name and for his fame. Amen. And Father, we thank you for our city. Lord, I first of all, just want to pray for wisdom and protection over our leaders, over our mayor, uh, even over our governor. God, that you would guide them and direct them during this time. 
And Lord, over this city, I just pray that we would be a model city that's full of faith, full of understanding, and full of kindness. God, I pray that in this moment, in this time, that, that fear would give way to faith and, and our response would be to consider and care for those around us, whether it would be a, a phone call or, or an email or whatever it may be, but that this would be a time when our city would rally around one another to pray for each other, to stand with one another, and to trust in you. And so, Father, I, I, I ask that during this time, uh, when there's so many different aspects and, and focuses. Lord, I pray that our, our eyes would be on you, and I pray that that would happen within our city, that, God, you would just release peace over our city, um, and as people, we would accept that and to walk in that. God, we're so grateful that the things that you want to do in our city, and I just pray that we would be a model city, uh, again, full of just peace and being settled because you're in control. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your protection. God, we thank you for the joy that you put on us in any circumstance or, or things that we may face. So Lord, this we know as a city, we put our eyes on you and we put our eyes to caring for one another and loving for one another. And God, we thank you in advance for protecting us. We thank you because you're the God that never leaves us nor forsake us and we'll get through this and we'll get through this together. So we bless you, Lord, and we thank you for this wonderful city in which we get to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this community. Lord, I thank you that we are your people. We are marked by you, made in your image. I pray that we would remember that in this time. That as people that were made in your image, that we would be a people that walk out with peace in our minds. With a supernatural courage and boldness and faith in our hearts that we would be known as a people of deep conviction in our soul, that everywhere we go in the next several weeks, that our, our feet would be blessed because we bring forth your good news, that you are very near to this world, even right now. Lord, most of all right now, would we be known as a people with healing in our hands, that wherever we go, whatever the next several weeks calls upon for your people, that we would be a people that when we walk in the room, healing comes with us because you are with us. Lord, I pray that we are a people that are marked by you. And so it's in this time especially that creation yearns for your sons and your daughters to be revealed continually. Would you remind us of that daily, that we are a reflection and an impression to the world that is watching of you, that you are good, that you are kind, that you are faithful, and most of all, that you are powerful and full of might. And we are your people, Lord. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I bet some of you are still in your pajamas, so it's, the, it's a cool way to do church, and uh, just hope that you're enjoying this time. Now, m many of you uh, are excited about, or were excited about Peter and Corin coming. Uh, Corin was going to help minister at the Refresh Conference this week, and Peter's here, and, but uh, seeing as they're here, we, we've invited Peter to come up. So uh, I know many of you are just as excited as we are about this ministry. Peter and Corin always bring uh, something special to us. They leave a deposit in our church. And so Peter's going to minister the word of God to us right now. Thank you. I have a prop, so there we go. It's coming up. It's really, really exciting um, to be with you. And I know that we're not here in person, but there is our hearts are united. And uh, Northland's church and friends 
it's, it's a wonderful thing for us to be able to partner together to see the kingdom of God expand. And I'm excited about being here. I, I know that this season is, is tricky and difficult, but I also know that God wants to root something in our hearts that is going to impact not only this city, uh, but the world. As I was praying for you, um, it's about a month back, God began to speak to me about you. And, and I know we keep having this joke every time I come, I'm not a prophet, but, but, but you draw something out of me as a community, and I, and, I, and I feel I need to deliver this from the Lord to you, uh, that the Lord reminded me again for you that this is harvest time for you, uh, that you have sown much in faith over many years, and now is the season for reaping. And I think you can receive that as individuals saying, hang on, I've sown much. But particularly as a community, as a church, now is the time for reaping for this community. Uh, the other thing that the Lord just has emphasized for me regarding you as a church over a number of years is this apostolic mandate that you have as a church. And there were three words that God wanted to highlight and, and, and I know I've shared it with the team, but I, but I think it's important for all of you to participate in this journey. And, and the one is that God wants an identity on this. There's, I think there's something coming where a, a crystallization, an identity of this apostolic family uh, that God has and is initiating uh, amongst you. And the second I, which was uh, that, there is, that he wants to identify those that are connected in. That, that it's not kind of a, you know, they're out there, who are they? No, they're here. They're connected to you. And God wants to connect more people to you as an apostolic family. And then to initiate was the third eye. I felt like God saying, step in. Just, just step forward. There is something that is happening, not just now, but now. Right now. Uh, God is wanting to do something. Uh, the other thing just related to the church and the team, I, I felt that God had a strong focus on, on team and ministry leaders in this season, that you're a model, and he said that many times to you as a church, but he's reminding you again that there's a model that he is establishing amongst you, and uh, the focus of ship, shift, not, not a, away from resourcing churches in the nations, but the fact that nations will also be coming to you, that people are coming here. They are needing to come here to be rooted into the thing that God has resourced them with through you. And so expect people to come more into the life of this church. People from Africa will come. They'll be hosted by you. You're going to have to open up your homes because people are coming. They're going to be hosted by you. And, and up to a month, they're going, to, they're going to come, they're going to sit, they're going to learn, they're going to grow because what has been learned by them needs to be rooted in them and being here amongst you will root it in them. That's why that is important. School of ministry, internships across many ministry areas. Your auditorium will become much more of a training base uh, than it ever has been before. Uh, because God wants to help you adjust people's paradigm and practices so that, that through a hands-on interaction with you as a community, it's going to get rooted into them. It involves worship, it involves preaching, it involves the gospel. All of those things are going to need to be rooted into people, which is why more people are coming your way to have that rooted in them. Finally, uh, uh, I love this church and I love Greg and Michelle and I've said much about them over the years, uh, but I really felt God speak to me about Tyler and Nicole uh, as I was praying about a month back. And, and, and I felt 
Tyler, that God speak to you to say that he wants to increase your leadership anointing. There's something God is increasing on you in this season. And, and this is maybe going to sound a little un-American, and I love America, so don't, you can discount that completely. Uh, but, but you have to lean into kingdom culture, not American culture. Uh, there's, there's a kingdom thing in you, and that's the lean. Always lean there. Don't lean into culture, uh, the, the, uh, you know, which, which drives any which way. And, and I love this culture, but there's an overriding culture that God wants to emphasize in yours and Nicole's life. There's a strategic impact of your gift and ministry uh, that this church is only beginning to see. And so there's a new release, a new anointing of that leadership. Much of the multiplication of this church uh, is going to be part of what God is calling you to initiate and to be part of in this season that is ahead. It's going to come largely from your hands as you begin to see the multiplication strategy of this church out into the city. A new strategy around your online reach will also come out of your hands. There's something new that God wants to model through this church in reaching people also in the online, online profile that you have as a church. And a lot of that will, dreams, ideas, things will come out of yours and Nicole's lives to impact that strategy into the nations. I'm really excited about that. We, we love this church and your people, and I'm sure... Uh, if, if I took time, I could get a word for everybody. It just seems to be the kind of church it is. Uh, but we, we don't have time for that this morning. Um, so I want to preach. And as I, uh, as I come to this preach, and you can see there's a bit of an example in front of you, I have a couple of concerns and challenges that I suppose has given rise to this preach for me. I, I think quite a few people have a poor view of God. That bothers me. I, I I think, you know, God's so amazing. Why would you have an inferior view of him? I think too many Christians are also living with hope for something or for more that they never seem to get. It's like they, you know, it's like it's, it's the carrots. It's, it's there, but they never get it. They never reach it. And, and the third thing, which is a common theme of, I think, of all my preaching, and you will know this as a community, is that God would continue to open our eyes to see that there's something he wants us to see. There, there is a revelation to truly see his life and presence all around us. Um, let me start out by, by talking a little bit about time and about eternity. And I want to frame this question with the simple thing, where is God? So um, I want to right-size God for you right at the start of this message. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, a thing about the scripture, it, also, it, it often references these kind of thoughts more with us in mind. Uh, in other words, it's trying to describe God to us in the context of something we can understand, we, we can see. And the scripture does this quite often uh, because we need to comprehend it as human beings. And so here is one of those things. The writer describes Christ or describes God in our time. You know, yesterday, today, and forever is the idea. Now, um, if, if, I, if I hold this ribbon for you right now and say, this is now, this is time that we're looking at here, and this is the now moment, then everything I just said to you prophetically has drifted into the past on this line. It's, it's over here somewhere. And, and, and the future and what we're still to experience in this service together is kind of up, up here on the line in, in front of us. 
that's how time works. It, it, it kind of disappears into the past. And we often see eternity in the light of this kind of example. Eternity past stretching on indefinitely into the past and eternity future stretching on indefinitely in that direction that there is no end to it. We sing songs in church that encourage this kind of view. You know, when we've been there 10,000 years, you know, that kind of thing. 10,000 years we've been around and, and um, year after year after year after year. You know that whole idea that we're, we're sitting on some cloud playing a harp and, and, and year after year after year? Kind of, I think, no, that's kind of a little bit of a hellish view of heaven. You know, I'm going to do the same thing forever and ever and ever out there in that direction. I'm thinking, no, that doesn't work for me very well. It sounds like some kind of trap. <laughs> well, I want to right-size God for you right at the start. His frame of reference Revelation 22:13 probably says it best, and it says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Of course, when we look at it, we think, no, that's, that's wrong sentencing construction. That, that's just all wrong. It should have read, I was there at the beginning and I will be there at the end. That's what it should say, because that's kind of what we're thinking. But that's not what it says. You see, because God exists outside of time, so this thing we call time, it's why there's a definite beginning of our time and a definite end of our time. God exists outside of time. If I understand this right, God was at the beginning, outside of time, and he will be there at the end when all time ends. All of time is inside of him. God exists, and his presence is beyond time. I want you to understand that. I, I think our minds kind of go, Pooh, you know, we don't really, that's a, bit, that's a bit much for us. And if you're still in your jammies, that's really much. <laughs> God's existence and presence beyond time. But this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 in the Amplified Bible. It says, even as in his love, he chose us, and actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. That we would be holy, consecrated, set apart for him, blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. He foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of his will because it pleased him. And was his kind intent. I love that scripture. It's one of my favorites. Before time began, God planned in love for you. Before any of this started, before this timeline began, God had you in his heart. When it, you see, when we look at this, because God is outside of time, we can literally say that God is everywhere present in time. If, if I was to stand here in this moment and say, this is now, and, and, and God walks into the future and reveals something to me about you, that's called prophecy. He opens up himself and says, I want to show you something that's part of me. Because this is all in him. And he reveals it. I step back into present time and said, this is what I 
this is what God has said to me. That's the prophetic. Revealing something that is in God already. All of this is in him. You see, when we look at this, we may worry about viruses and things and troubles in the world. But none of that took God by surprise. All of this is in him. God is absolutely sovereign, absolutely in control, has never lost control of anything. In the light of this, I want to make you more aware of his presence in your everyday life. I want you to begin to see how God can use you and how God can let his gospel loose in our lives in a new and living way. I, I, the, the story that I have is the story of Jacob in the Old Testament. And, and, and the story goes something like this. He's on the run from his brother. He's, he's cheated him out of the birthright, and, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a problem. And his brother is angry. And Jacob's running, and, and he's a bit of a rascal. So, so here he is out in the middle of nowhere, and, and he needs to sleep. And, and, and this is what the Scripture says in Genesis 28, verse 11. And he came to a certain place and stayed there the night because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached into heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Heaven and earth interacting over Jacob's life. But there's a tragedy to the story. Let me tell you what the tragedy is, because it comes next. It says in Genesis 28, 16, it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And you may say, well, why, why is that a tragedy? Because God was in the place and Jacob was unaware. He didn't know. And he says, I didn't know. God was here. Angels were ascending and descending over my life, and I, I, I didn't know it. I was completely unaware of it. I meet so many Christians, of which I do not want you to be one, that live their lives, everyday lives, going to Target and going to Walmart and doing their life and shopping and, and doing work, but completely unaware of the life of God, of angels ascending and descending over their life at every moment. And because they're unaware, they miss the moments of interaction with people. They miss the, 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 the moments to let the gospel work into people's lives. They just live their life unaware, and that's the tragedy. We have to live with awe. We have to live with a sense of the transcendent in our lives. Paul Tripp says, God intentionally loaded the world with amazing things to leave you astounded. I love that. He loaded the world with amazing things that we would see his life and his presence. But, but there is a condition here, and that is that we see it, that we have eyes to see it. You see, 
for many people. If God is to be sought out, to be called up, to be prayed in, to be waited for, to, you know, the posture of many believers is somehow they're missing out. They, I never quite get there. I never, I never quite have the experience. I always seem to be missing from the meeting where his presence broke out. I was never there, and, and everybody else is talking about it, and I missed it. You're never in the right meeting, never feeling the right thing, always hoping that you too will get to feel God's presence for yourself. Feel a little, I suspect, like the prophets of Baal, you know, who are mocked by Elijah in 1 Kings 18, 27. And at noon, Elijah mocked them and saying, cry louder, cry louder, for he's a God. He's either musing, he's relieving himself, or he's on a journey, perhaps he's asleep, and he must be awakened. So, so to get to his presence, you need to press in, ask more, linger, tarry, pray more, have more inside knowledge, be more spiritual, be more free, because otherwise it's kind of locked away from you. It's, it's, it's not for you. It seems to be for special spiritual people. Um, we create dependency sometimes in meetings, and I think it suits modern church that we would become dependent on meetings rather than dependent on God and on his presence. The problem is with all of this is we fall foul of who God really is. We miss God in the ordinary. We live with blindness. We don't see anything in our ordinary lives. God wants us to see something. The ordinary remains ordinary. It's not sacred as it ought to be. Um, Heaven, for many of us, is something that's out there, something out in the future, something when we die one day, that we miss heaven right here, that we miss the interaction of angels ascending and descending over our lives in every moment. We miss those moments because we're waiting for some other moment to come. Earth and heaven is interacting right now. Matthew 6.10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven and earth interacting all the time. The kingdom of God coming all the time. Do you not perceive it? Now, you, you, you may have seen this little phrase, and I'm going to put these words up, this jambled line of words up for you. And, and when you look at that jambled line of words, I don't know what you see. But some see, when they look at it, God is now here. Well, well other people, when they look at that jambled group of words, they see God is nowhere. It, it really depends on what it is you see. I was, I was quite sad to, to see that I saw God is nowhere. I, I wish I'd seen it the other way. But when I first saw it, that's what I saw. A mate of mine was talking to a bunch of students and he put up these words, and, 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 a, and a young man, he kind of said, you know, who saw this? And a bunch of people, kids put up their hand, and another bunch of kids put up their hand. And, and then there was one guy that didn't put up his hand at all. He says, well, what did you see? He says, oh, I, I didn't see either of those. I, it's just, I, I, I saw God, I snow here. <laughs> and so he says, it's just, why? he says, no, I'm a snowboarder. He says, you see, perspective is everything. What is it you see? Your perspective changes everything about your life. 
your ordinary, everyday, average life becomes something more, something supernatural, something empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you see something, pantheism teaches that everything is divine, that everything is God. That's Buddhism in a nutshell. You worship a stone, a rock, and anything, because God is, God is everything. Well, that's not us. We're not worshiping trees. We're not worshiping stuff. But panentheism is the belief that God pervades, interpenetrates every part of the universe and extends beyond time and space. That in everything we see, when I look at you, I can see God's hand. I can see God's present mirrored in your eyes. I can see the hand of God at work in humanity, even in the brokenness of people's lives. When I walk around the earth, I see, I see the trees waving in the wind. I see the hand of God. I see the presence of God at work. That's how we ought to live. Paul Tripp says, as is true of a street sign, so it's true of every jaw-dropping knee-weakening, silence-producing, wonder-inspiring thing in the universe. The sign is not the thing you're looking for. No, the sign points you to what you're looking for. Everything you see points you. Everything you observe in the natural world points you to an awe-inspiring, glorious God. That when you see it, suddenly angels are ascending and descending over your life. That every moment becomes a glorifying, God-honoring moment. All of creation around us metaphors God. Every donkey still speaks. Every tree still claps its hands. Every mountain wants us to look at it, and every cave still whispers. Every bush still burns, and every ocean still wants us to walk on it. And every fish, potentially, still has a coin in its mouth. God uses all of creation to metaphor himself, to make us aware of his presence, to remind us every day that angels are ascending and descending over our life and that every moment can be a supernatural moment, a life moment where we see his presence and his life. A prophetic friend of mine who is a little odd, um, but he tells a story of, of sitting in his lounge and he's looking out the window and, and the neighbor's cat is always coming to the same tree. And he's standing in this tree, he's kind of scratching the bottom of the tree and, and he's thinking to himself, why is this cat finding this tree so fascinating? So he walks out, he goes up and he looks at the tree and, 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 and he can't see anything that's particularly fascinating. While he's looking at the tree, the Spirit of God speaks to him and says, Hug the tree. <laughs> so he, he looks around a little bit, think, well, she's hug, nobody's looking. But he's heard of tree huggers. So, so, so out comes his arms, he puts his arms around, that's quite a big tree. He puts his arms around the tree and, and he hugs the tree. While he's hugging the tree, the Spirit of God speaks to him and says, kiss the tree. Now he's really looking around. She says, I hope nobody's looking because this is weird. He puckers up. And he kisses the tree. In a moment, 
God reveals himself to him. He has a moment, just right there, standing in the middle of his garden, kissing a tree. It's not that God is the tree, but it's the revelation of God is in every moment, in every space, in every place. And he was reminding him that right here in this moment, angels are ascending and descending over his life. Jesus explains himself to the world, calling himself a metaphor over and over again. A lion, a lamb, bread, living water, word, door, true wine, rock. I'm convinced that you need an imagination to be a Christian. You see, if you didn't have an imagination, then all you need is a literalist view of the Bible. That's it. I just, that's it. And and you and I meet people like that. And they're a bit odd and strange because they have no imagination. They can't see anything. They just take a literalist view of everything that they read. And the scriptures are an imaginative collection of stories and songs that Pull us into the story of God. It's beautiful. That's why Tolkien wrote The Lord of the Rings. That's why C.S. Lewis wrote The Chronicles of Narnia, where all of creation comes alive. Who doesn't want to meet Aslan? I mean, really. The tragedy is that many Christians see them as slightly demonic. Christians have allowed their imaginations to get shut down. What about movies? Movies are metaphors of human imagination. I know no pastor should ever preach about movies. It's a dangerous thing to do. But I can see God hiding on the inside of human imagination. I don't know whether you can. Every movie I go to seems to have the redemptive imagination of God hidden on the inside of the stories of greater showmen and Marvel movies, the latest one. I don't know what the latest one was called, but I went to see it with my daughter. Most movies we see today have woven into their fabric the narrative of redemption. It's in there somewhere because it's the narrative of the imagination of God inside of every human being that we meet. Robert Frost says this, unless you have been educated in metaphor, you should not be let loose upon the world. Don't take the gospel to the world and wreck it for the rest of us. Telling the world how bad they are because you don't like their lifestyle. Uh-uh. Using the Bible somehow as an offensive weapon to cut people down and tell them you know, how they're not living up to God's standard. That's not what we do. It's not what this church does. It's not what we're about. We're about seeing the hand of God even in the brokenness of society. We can see God's work. Growing up, I wasn't allowed to listen to non-Christian music. Uh-uh. You know, I grew up in a context where, where, where you, could, you could only listen to Christian stuff. I don't know, some of you older people, you may have been in one of these seminars, you know, where they took a, an old LP and then they ran it backwards with a finger and she said something, you know, about the devil. <laughs> Do you remember that? Some of you were in those. 
I, I, I missed a lot of God and the beauty of music growing up. My daughter loves music. She studies music and has added so much color to my life. I, I was sitting in the car with her, driving her to the airport. She was going back to college and, and listening to a piece of cello music in the car. And, and she just loves cello. I, I love the cello, but we were listening. And both of us are sitting in the car and tears are running down. It's not a Christian piece of music. But God was all over the music. God is hiding in the fabric of ordinary human life. I love that idea. Even in their brokenness. Eternity hiding in the human heart. I'm willing to bet that, that when you logged in today and said, I'm going I'm to watch this church service online and, and I'm going to connect to this, you figured nobody will ever quote Lady Gaga. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that today. I'm going to quote Lady Gaga. She wrote this song. It says, I want to love you, but something is pulling me away from you. You see, Jesus is my virtue, but Judas is the demon that I cling to. I think I'm still in love with Judas. You might say, oh, those are terrible words. And, and in some way they are terrible words. But can you see God hiding on the inside of Lady Gaga? I can. Can you see the struggle with eternity going on on the inside of a, of, of, of a woman that has that kind of, in, something's going on in her heart that she's saying, oh, I don't know what's going on with me. I could still be in love with Judas. Seeing God through the struggle of our life. And I know that we got a bit of a struggle on right now. We got limitations and things we can and cannot do and maybe there's stuff you want to do. People speak to me about my love for the city in which I live, and, and it's got problems. It's a city of multiple millions, and, 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 and we've got some issues. And, and they talk about my love for the city as if I don't see any of the problems of our city. Well, it's not that I don't see the problems. It's not that I don't see the mess and the prostitutes when I drive through a certain part of a city home every day to where I live, which is on the other side of kind of the red light district of a city. I drive right through that and I drive through it in the middle of the night. It's not that I don't see the problems. It's just that I choose to look through them. You see, all of us need to look through the challenges we need to see the hand of God. We can't just see what we see. If we just see what we see, we're just natural people. We just look with our eyes. Well, that could concern you. So, oh, well, we have got a big problem right now. You have to look through. You have to look with eyes of faith. You have to look at your family again, at the city again, and see the possibilities of God. See the possibility of angels ascending and descending over your life. In this moment, in this challenging moment, of the nations of the world. I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that my wife, uh, who is here today, didn't just look at me. She, she looked through me. You know, I had no money when we got married. I, I, I had nothing. But that wasn't important. She saw something else. She looked through me. I seriously married up. I'm sure some of the men that are listening today can, can echo that. I did. Because she didn't just look at me. She looked through me and saw something. 
Einstein says, he who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe is as good as dead. His eyes are closed. The, the, the purpose of this preach today is to begin to see, to open your eyes, to become aware again of the presence of God, to become aware of angels ascending and descending over your life as you close that deal, sell that car, as you are handing over groceries to someone, as you are doing your life every day, suddenly you realize right now, in this moment, angels are ascending and descending over my life. Right now, where you are, sitting in front of the TV, maybe watching on a device. Heaven is touching earth. The possibilities of the presence of God right now in this moment, the possibility of mission, the possibility of the supernatural right now in this moment, the possibility of healing for you right now in this moment. Let us become more aware of his presence. Let us live with a sense that every moment is a reminder that the trees are still clapping their hands, that rocks are still crying out the glory of God's presence. Wherever we walk, we walk out today wherever you are going. Look around, look. Say, God, open my eyes. Let me see the beauty of you in everything I observe. Carrie Job wrote this beautiful song. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place, fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone by your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Be more aware of his presence. Recognize angels are ascending and descending over your life. In every moment, in every business deal, in every connection, in every talk, in every phone call, it becomes a supernatural moment. It becomes a moment of the gospel at work. Let God release his presence and awareness upon you, even as you watch this message today. God bless you, Northlands and Northlands family. I want to say thanks to Peter. I wish you a grand imagination and open eyes so that you can see heaven ascending and descending on you in every specific moment. What a great message. It's great to have you with us. I'm going to ask Michelle just to say a few words to the ladies, and then we're going to close off with just a few uh, things important for you. But here's Michelle. Just a quick word to the ladies. I know many of you were excited, as I was, about coming together for our Refresh conference this weekend, and along with many people around the world, we had to make the necessary decision to cancel our event for the safety of our people. But ladies, the reality is we, we need one another. We are relationally wired, and we need to encourage one another at this time. And so we will be reaching out to you through social media. We want to stay in touch. And 
this weekend, we had invited Corin Rasmussen to minister with us, and of course, we're really sad that we weren't able to do that. We trust God it will happen in the future. But we are going to send out just a taste of what you would have experienced this weekend, this week. So you're going to still get a taste of what Corin had on her heart for us. We've also made last year's teachings available on at Refresh gatherings. You can find those. These are the teachings from last year, but they were encouraging words. So we wanted you to have something that you could feed off of here. If you weren't here last year, they'll be new to you. If they were, and if you were here, I know they will still encourage you. We love you, and we're trusting God that we will be together again soon. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. And so I just want to leave you with that. Let's choose to be vessels of his peace. We can choose to allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts. And let's encourage one another with that peace at this time. I hope to be together and hope I can hug you all soon again. All right. Wednesday's newsletter is going to contain many aspects of information about some of the creative projects that we're going to be engaged in in the next few weeks. There are going to be ideas about virtual prayer meetings, resources for members, videos for children, suggestions for community groups, among others. And so our website, our newsletter, and our pastoral teams will be the primary ways we're going to be communicating with you. Please uh, join us in prayer. We're praying for all of you. We, we love you. We miss you already, and we're looking forward to the time we can get back together. What a celebration it's going to be when we can get back together and celebrate the Lord and worship together. Uh, the worship team are chomping. Uh, we're, we're trying to figure out ways we can worship together as a church. But, so there's all sorts of plans going on, but watch this space. Wednesday's newsletter is going to be an important one. Thank you so much for joining with us at this time. I'm going to close in prayer, but uh, let's just receive the blessing of God on your family. Father, we bless your people. We thank you for them. We pray your smile and your gracious hand and your loving kindness invade their homes. We speak peace, the, the magnificent glory and beauty of Jesus over every home. And we thank you, Father, for great blessing upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. I'm sorry, I completely forgot. Uh, as is usual, we, we have ministry. The ministry team waited on the Lord, and, they, uh, and you'll see there's a whole bunch of them uh, because they had a little more time, uh, I think, to wait on the Lord and say, Lord, what are you wanting to do? Now, uh, this is going to come up on the screen, and as, as it is probably already on your screen. And so what I'm going to uh, just invite you to do, if one of these words of knowledge is speaking to you, it's a specific issue about you, then I'm going to just uh, encourage you to reach out right now and grab it. Because the Lord spoke this to the ministry team, because he has, he has it on his heart because he wants to move on your, on your benefit. So I'm just going to dare you, if, the, if you're mentioned up there on the screen anywhere, would you just reach up and grab it by faith and say, Father, I'll take that. And so just as you read through this, and uh, some of you are going to see, that's me right there, um, just reach out and grab it. But if you're looking at that, and that one of those doesn't minister to you, but you know somebody that that is meant for. I'm going to encourage you to just reach out and start praying for them. So we're just going to take just another 30 seconds and just go to the Lord in prayer. And let's just, let's just trust God for any of these. So Father, 
we lift up our hearts towards these, Lord. For these that, that speak to us, we reach out in faith and say, yes, we'll take it, Father. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for just encouraging my faith. So I reach out and take hold of that, Father. And I trust you in Jesus' name for these provisions, for this healing, for this opportunity, for these breakthroughs. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for these. And Lord, for the people that we know that would be affected by these words of knowledge, we pray for them, Lord. Strengthen them. Do miracles, Lord. Make beautiful things happen in the lives of these people this week so that Jesus can be glorified. We give you honor and praise and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless everybody. We'll see you next week at 12. Thank you.